Victims of covert narcissistic abuse not only do not see the abuse, they often actually join the abuser in abusing themselves. It's the perfect storm that's been built by this abuser in your life. And I, and I want to dive into that today and explain what I'm saying. But you, the victim, will often join in on the abuse. There's circular conversations, projection, blame shifting, guilt manipulating, and all of these things we've been talking about. They leave you, the victim, in complete confusion. You accept the projecting, the blaming, and the guilting, and, and you defend yourself, but the circular conversations convince you that you're wrong, and ultimately you decide that maybe you are the problem. You actually blame yourself. You make it all your fault. You do everything you can to fix it, and you hold yourself to unreasonable standards and unreasonable expectations. In the meantime, the covert narcissist just sits back and watches. They sit back and watch you do all the work and you drive yourself crazy doing all of this and they sit back and watch. You are actually brainwashed into hating yourself. You squash your own self-esteem without even realizing what is going on. I'm Renee Swanson, creator of the Covert Narcissism Podcast and the founder of CNG, Covert Narcissism Group. That's an online support group on Facebook. Uh, go check it out if you're not a member of that and, and you're reaching out and looking for that help. Before we dive into this podcast episode, I want to thank all of you for your continued support. You are helping to spread the word to our world. Please keep hitting that like button. Keep hitting that favorite button. Our audience is growing and you are helping to make that happen. For those of you who have started making those small donations from all the victims out there, I want to say thank you. Your contributions help keep this podcast alive and growing. Now, let's dive in. Victims of covert narcissistic abuse often end up abusing themselves. And they have no idea that they are even doing it. I was one of those victims. I nearly ruined myself. My health, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, was paying a very high price. I nearly destroyed myself, all because of covert narcissism. I accepted all the blame. In fact, I even got so good at it, I started blaming myself even when he didn't speak up. I accepted all the responsibility, all the guilt. He made everything my fault and I joined him and took it even further. I'll give you some examples. So if you've been listening to my podcast, you probably know that my husband, who now is my ex, but, but he was my husband for almost 21 years. He gamed for hours and hours, days on end, like, like gaming was a saving grace to us and that it allowed my boys and I to escape the abuse many, many, many times. But before I really realized what was going on, I kept trying to, you know, give him ideas and suggestions. Hey, come do this and try to keep pulling him off of the electronic games. And he gamed, but not only daily within our own home, like this was weekdays, weeknights. Uh, he woke up to his games. The last thing he did at night was his games. But it was also while like on vacation. We're visiting parents, his parents at the beach, and he's gaming. He's greeting his son at the airport. His son had just returned from three weeks in France. He's greeting his son at the airport. What's he doing? He's gaming. We're on a dinner cruise in downtown Paris on the Cyan River. And what's he doing? He's gaming, 
church functions, his son's school functions, um, our martial arts functions. He missed so much of our lives, mine and our boys, because of these games. So how did I join the abuse? I blamed myself that he gamed all the time. It was my fault that he chose to do this. You know, and my justification for that was, well, I should come up with ways for him to engage more in our lives. It, I should I should be able to, to come up with ideas of things he can do with his boys and, and then make that happen and, and set everything up in the right place to make sure that this happened and make sure it was successful. And Or I should push him more to get off. I, sh I should encourage it more or I should fuss at him more about it. I was actually mad at myself that he was gaming. I was judging myself for something that was not my fault. But it wasn't just the gaming that I did this with. It was everything. You know, when he was mad at the boys and verbally abusing them, I blamed myself. I should have seen it coming. I should have been able to stop it. I should have gotten to our boys first and, and changed their activity. Or, or I should have told them to go clean up their room. And then he wouldn't have been mad when he saw the room was dirty. Or, or I should have quieted him down when they were playing so that he didn't get mad. I should have, I should have, I should have. And I blamed myself and then worked extra hard to make sure I stayed in front of his anger. This is abuse. This is abuse of myself. This is where I'm talking about here. Not just that he was abusive. I'm saying I now joined the abuse and abused myself with unreasonable expectations, with um, judging myself and, and being mad at myself for not being successful. You know, when he didn't have a good time at a church function, it was my fault for not including him enough. I'm not saying he said that. He used to and he did and there was a lot of that, but I reached the point where I did it. Not only did he blame me, more importantly, I blamed me. Sometimes I even blamed myself before he did. I had been doing this for so long that I got really, really good at it. I remember one specific church function. It was a talent show, like a chili cook-off, silent auction thing. And our circle of friends was there. They were helping with the dinner and, and we had agreed to go. And this was his circle of friends too, just as much his as mine. And we were setting things up, our, our little circle of friends. We had agreed to help set up the chili cook-off. And so we're chatting along the way. You know, we're setting up and we're working, but we're having fun while we're doing it. But not my husband. He was off by himself. You know, he'd stand in the corner. He'd pull out his phone and, and game for sure. But instead of enjoying the evening myself and just let him do his own thing and, and I'll just enjoy the evening and be with my friends. But instead of doing that, I spent the entire night making sure that he felt helpful and included. I had one focus that night and that was to help him have a good time. And I, and I tried, like I would always look for him and where is he? And okay, there, he needs something to do. So he likes to help. So let's make this job. You know, maybe he can, he can set up the chairs or whatever. I spent my entire night focused on him having a good time. And then when he didn't have a good time, because he never did, he never did, but I never saw that. So when he didn't have the good time, I blamed myself. You know, I'm sure I could have just done one more thing that would have made all the difference if I'd just done this or if I'd just done that. And as the evening ended, he was mad at me, but I was mad at me. That's the piece I'm talking about today. I was abusing myself. I want you to imagine your best friend whoever this is, someone you truly care about. 
Now imagine them living the marriage that you're living. So imagine them describing this marriage to you and imagine that they are carrying all the blame and responsibility for their partner's bad behavior. Uh, here's an, a possible conversation. So I'm going to give you kind of like a really specific example from this. And, and imagine that this is a woman friend, but it could just as easily be a guy. You know, I fully accept that covert narcissism happens in both male and female. It happens in all kinds of relationships. So I, I'm going to give an, an example here in a minute, in fact, of, of a very covert narcissistic mother that I have run into in my life. But this specific example, imagine that your friend is a woman. And here she is explaining the scenario. So these are her words. Well, the kids were getting loud as they were playing, but they were having so much fun. And I was truly enjoying watching them play together like that. But I should have known that it would make him mad. I should have seen this coming. And she cries to you. She's got tears on her face. He started yelling at them and berating them. And the whole thing ended with him yelling and them crying and me feeling like a horrible mom. Why am I so stupid? I'm such a horrible mom and a horrible wife. And I don't even deserve to be happy. This is what your friend has just said to you. What? You would not accept that these statements are true. You would tell her. I mean, I'm sorry, you would not tell her, yeah, you're probably right. You know, you should do better. He was right to be mad at you. You were, you all were treating him so bad. How could you possibly have let the kids be so bad to him? What? You would not say these things to her. That's ridiculous. Would you? Here is a mom letting her kids play happily together, giving them a safe space or what she thought was a safe space to do so. And even enjoying watching their interactions. These are good choices made by this mother. Here's a dad who has no idea how he makes his family feel. His world is totally wrapped up in himself and he abuses his family, snuffing the life right out of them. What would you tell your friend? Would you comfort her? Would you offer compassion and understanding? Would you wrap your arms around her and convince her that this was not her fault? Would you help her to see that she is not responsible for his actions? You know, you might say to her, this is not your fault. Letting your kids play together, that's a good thing. They need to play together. They need to laugh together. It isn't about them being loud. And yet you are engaging with them, watching them and putting your attention on them. These are good things. You are a good mother. He's the one being a jerk. He doesn't get it. He should not be yelling at them like that or at you. He needs to take accountability for this, not you. These are the words that you would express to your friend. Well, guess what? You are that friend. Truly imagine that you are now talking to yourself in those words that you offer to your friend. Say them out loud. If you need to imagine that you're talking to your best friend, like if you struggle to talk nicely to yourself, then you might really need to push your imagination here. Actually picture your best friend, whoever that is, put them in your shoes, make the scenario real and talk to that friend. Then over time, let yourself connect with that friend This in your imagination on a deep, deep level. Go so far as to then realize that that friend is really you. Now, as I promised, I want to give you an example of a covert narcissistic mother uh, that, that also kind of explains this whole situation I'm talking about. 
you know, I work with kids a lot and, I, and for years and years I've worked with kids. And in the summer I run camps for kids. And one particular summer, several years ago, I had these two siblings. It was a boy and a girl. The boy was six years old. The girl was a little bit older. And, and this little boy, he was one of the sweetest, sweetest and yet angriest little kids I had ever met. You know, I've worked with a lot of kids in my life. This little guy was angry. But he was so sweet and had such a sweet heart inside of him. His older sister was also in trouble at school for bullying and stealing. And these are some of the kind of kids that I that I work with. And this particular week they spent with us at this camp, it was such a great week for them. They did so good. They fit in with the other kids. They played hard. They worked hard. They had a really good time. They made some great friends. You know, there were a lot of smiles. There were tears too, but there were a lot of happy moments with these kids. And here we are at the end of the week. At the end of the week, the parents come and they pick their kids up. They've not seen their kids in a full week. Well, when this particular mom came into the pickup area, she started berating her kids. There was no greeting, no hug, no, hey, how are you? I've missed you this week. No smile. She sharply snapped at that precious little six-year-old boy. Why can't you pack your stuff better than this? I showed you how to do the sleeping bag, but you still can't do it right. Now zip your suitcase closed. Did you shower today? You stink. These were her words to that precious little boy. And you could just see he had been so happy and so eager to see his mom. And now life was just disappearing from him. Her remarks to her daughter were no different. You know, and she just, she said, well, did you manage to pack up right? Did you manage to get your sleeping bag fixed? Where did you put your toothbrush? I told you to put it in the other pocket. Why didn't you brush your hair? It looks terrible. This went on and on and loudly. Other parents were noticing. Other parents were looking at me like, hey, what do we do here? So the dad was also there, clearly exhausted from her sharp tongue. It showed. His shoulders drooped. He quietly helped his kids. He helped his son to fix the sleeping bag. He helped his daughter to rearrange her things. He carried everything to the car. He even brushed his daughter's beautiful hair. Meanwhile, mom did nothing to help and continued to reprimand her kids. Nothing they could do was good enough for her. The kids who had had this wonderful week with us now looked completely defeated. They were beaten down by her words. Life simply disappeared from those young eyes and it crushed my heart. Now, can you imagine at any point blaming this dad, making this whole scenario his fault? You know, those things that we tell ourselves on the inside, like this is my fault. I have to get this stopped. This is my responsibility. I should have seen this coming. If only I could have come in first and helped the kids quicker. No. Cut it out. I know you tell yourself that on the inside because I've been there and so many victims have been there. I felt empathy and compassion for this dad. This was not his fault. He was in an impossible situation watching his kids take a verbal beating and unable to get it stopped. He looked exhausted. A look that I know all too well from myself and so many victims that I've worked with. If that dad berates himself inside for what is going on, then he has joined the abuser in abusing himself. That type of abuse is the worst thing that we can do to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I'm actually a very stubborn and determined person. I am very good 
at a lot of things that I do in life. And I convinced myself for years that this was my fault. I was very good at it. I was convinced that I was not good enough and that I had to work harder to be good enough. And again, I'm very stubborn. I should have said this better or I should not have said that. These were the things that were going through my head over and over. I hated myself for not being able to keep things peaceful in my own home. I was not good enough to keep him from being upset. I did so much work and poured in so much effort every day, every week, every month, every year of our marriage. Never once seeing that his behavior and complete lack of effort was really the true problem. I ran myself ragged, working so hard to be perfect, never giving myself space to be human, to have feelings, to be tired, to rest. I became my own abuser too. And maybe that's where you are right now too. The self-abuse must stop. Every day, talk to yourself, tell yourself, If you have to, picture your best friend in that scenario. It's a really good tool. Talk to them. Make it real. What would you say? What would you do to help them? And now turn this to you. You deserve the help and support. You are worthy of your own love and care. And right now, if you're in a narcissistic relationship, you're not going to find that love and care anywhere else. You've got to find it inside of you. Now, I want to let you know about our new Patreon platform. It's patreon.com. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com forward slash covert narcissism. I'm there. Come find me. Patreon is a membership platform, but it's a small membership fee. It gives you access to a lot of my material and as well as access to me directly without this fear of being on social media. We've been looking for another platform to use to really get us um, a safer place than the social media. Beginning in January, I am launching a new program in Patreon. It'll be available to all my members who join Patreon. It's a bi-weekly program. It's Ponderings. Ponderings for awakening to covert narcissistic abuse, healing from it, and thriving in this, this new way in life. Don't forget to jump over to Patreon and check it out. You will not be disappointed. I wish you all so much peace on your journey of healing. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.